Welcome to this episode of PandaVision. Today we are talking about the TV show The Witcher. Season 2 is coming up soon, and so for those of you who just want a refresher on Season 1, or want to just talk about how awesome Season 1 was, or what you didn't love about it, or any of your thoughts going into Season 2, or even if you've never watched Season 1 and just want to get caught up, that's what we're here for. Myself, Matthew Fox, is <laughs> joined by Paul Hoppy and Ashley Coffin Ooh. as we talk about this show, and we're going to be doing episode-by-episode episode reviews of Season 2 as well. But right now, let's jump into season one. All that and more after a commercial break that we have no control over. Fucking. But the mages probably do. Perfect. Fucking mages. Fucking. <laughs> Which? Does television have to be a, a good language? Uh, <gasps> Bloody mages. As long as we bleep it. I don't know how to fucking bleep it. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, remember, we go by what the TV, what the show is rated because you should oh, be watching right. that show. Oh, yeah, how the hell are we going to talk about The Witcher? Yeah. Not fucking mages. Like, her, her boobies. There you go. <laughs> We're out a go. lot. All right. Silence. Please. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I'm the host for The Witcher. Ashley and Paul are also hosts, but I'm, they want me I'm the mage. Worst. Paul's the bard, and you're The Witcher. Let's do this. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, That's... I just. Yeah, I know a lot of people in high coin. school who would have said that I am very much oh, not God. The Witcher. I, I Paul know. Was the show I'm the caster. Type. I was the one who made all the noise and got people's attention. I'm filming a comedy, so just fall in line. <laughs> there you go. There Matthew's you go. also the one rewriting history all the time, so yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about The Witcher. Um, and like I said, if you've seen the show before, awesome. Uh, if you haven't seen it though, the idea is we're going to kind of just catch you up so you're ready for season two. And then we will be doing episode by episode coverage when that comes out. So let me just kind of start with some general thoughts. Uh, Ashley, what do you think of The Witcher? What, what has you excited about wanting to talk about uh, this in season two? I love witches. And it's a witcher, and there are witches, and mm -hmm. it's fantasy. It's very, it reminds me, like, of being back at the Ren Fair, only if there was monsters, which was a yeah. lot of fun. Um, 
you know, there's some things about it that, you know, a little cringy, but uh, I also enjoy that. It's it's fun. I can la- laugh at it and have all kinds of emotions and feel sad for the characters. And I get a, I don't know. It kind of gives me everything. I think that was actually yeah. a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Paul, I know you kind of have some uh, mixed feelings about this. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. <laughs> I... There are aspects I really enjoyed, uh, maybe loved. Uh, there are aspects I hated. Now, that might describe most things I ever see. <laughs> so, you know, fair. Paul um, is not the shiny, happy person on this podcast. That's why I you like know, it when you're here. Which is I, ironic, because he mostly wants things to be more shiny, happier than I do. <laughs> kind <laughs> of, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It'll I, never be up to your standards, Paul. Right. Like, yeah, r- writing... Mm, There's just things that people do when they write stories that really annoy me. Um, Mm -hmm. The show is super cool looking, you know. Um, It's fantasy. There's not that much fantasy out there. There's more than there used to be. And a lot of those aspects, I think, are really well done. Some of them not as much. Um, It's it's sort of, like, dark and gritty and whatever, but it's not quite Game of Thrones torture porn, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of appreciate that balance. Uh, more than anything, though, I just watched this series and was like, why the fuck didn't that guy play Batman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think a number of us have pointed out that Henry Cavill was quite good as Superman, as much as you can be when it's being written by someone who mm-hmm. hates Superman mm-hmm. and doesn't get him. Yeah, But Henry Cavill would have been so much better as Batman. So like, much. He just looks so much like Superman, though. Like, that guy's Superman. He can, but he doesn't have to. All he has to do is pull that little curl down, and you're like, holy shit. But, like, do Superman and Batman actually look that different outside of their costumes? I mean, they both have the chin. They both have the chin. They have dark hair. They have blonde, you know, uh, blue eyes. Jeez, get it on the third try. (laughs) Batman's got to be more broody, though. And he's so broody. He this. is when, yeah, they because they, like we have your glow ups, and he is like mm-hmm. uh, a glam down. Like I don't know what to well, go, but they grid down. But oh my god, that's what I think is gonna be so amazing about uh, Henry Cavill and his legacy. Because like we're just about at the twenty year mark of the release of uh, the Lord of the Rings movies, mm. the first one at least, Fellowship. Yeah. yeah. And I remember when that happened, like there was a lot of discussion about like you know, do you like the Aragorn man or do you like the Legolas man? Like, do you want like the gritty and long haired or do you I want like the pretty, both. the pretty and long haired? We were right. both going to meet up in the, you know, I mean, Elven yeah, like, Forest you know, of Fanghorn. <laughs> those, <laughs> those gentlemen know how to do teamwork. Yeah. But the the point being, like Henry Cavill can do both. Mm-hmm. Like. I hate his portrayal of Superman, but right. he looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he always the... looks like he smell just smelled like a fart. Like something just he's always got that <laughs> when he gets just and you'll never not see it now. Just like a little one, just like a. Mm-hmm. But but he definitely I think you said he he, he cleans up nice, yeah. but he grits down even mm-hmm. better. Like this is definitely the Henry Cavill I like, and there will be quite a lot of thirst discussion I'm mm-hmm. sure about about him and the other big star. But, like, that's um, Bruce Wayne, too. I just want to throw yeah, that out yeah. there. Like, the cleans up nice. <laughs> that's Bruce Wayne. But yeah. being able to be gritty, that's Batman. Could have nailed it. Instead, they're like, let's make Superman Batman. Let's make Batman Punisher. All right, end of rant. Go on. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to introduce a drinking game, by the way, that you can play. Every time that Paul or myself uh, it manages to sneak in uh, a snipe at a Zack Snyder movie, take a drink. Um, But please don't bill us when you get taken to the hospital, because it'll probably happen a lot. Anyway, um, yeah, so what 
Uh, other kind of general thoughts on the movie, on the show. I, I definitely agree with what, you're, what you guys are talking about. I, I To me, it's kind of like, it's a Game of Thrones that doesn't take itself as seriously. Mm. Yeah. Because um, two of the things that I most liked about Game of Thrones were, one, that it wasn't, it was fantasy, but it didn't have the sort of like, fantasy was always PG and everything had to work out well and evil always was defeated and the hero always triumphed. Like, that's not Game of Thrones. The other thing, though, that, and I think that's not this in a way that I really like, um, I don't think that feeling is unanimous on this panel, and <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, Nods assent. I was going to say, yeah, uh, the nodding is bad radio, so thank you for the <laughs> verbal confirmation. Um, the, the, the other thing, though, is that it's, for the most part, a fairly... There are people who use magic, but an awful lot of the world is people who just are trying to get by. You know, not everybody is a witcher or a mage or a, you know, the world's best swordsman or a dragon. Like, you kind of get the sense that, like, there's most of the world, and then they've heard stories about, like, a witcher or a striga or stuff like that. And I, I just really like that. I find that's a much more relatable world than one where everybody is practicing fireball or cure light wounds in their backyard. I said to Paul, I was like, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. It's a TV show, pretty much Dungeons and Dragons episode. Each time you have your mission, you have your mages. Sometimes mm -hmm. they roll high or low. You know, got to watch out for the gins. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that that was fun. Yeah, I, I think it has a lot of those elements of kind of high fantasy that maybe Game of Thrones does at the end, but didn't in the beginning, that are mm -hmm. very like sort of D&D &D feeling. Um, but it does feel, I think you know, grounded. Uh, but like right. literally more than, more than that, it, it feels like it's not really high fantasy. It's sort of like medium, sort of mid where you mm -hmm. actually do get to know the townspeople. Um, they're mostly assholes. Yeah. I was going to say they're <laughs> so, all giant pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see maybe a little more sort of diversity there in terms mm -hmm. of the townspeople, not all being terrible. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and that, that's like one of my Game of Thrones complaints too, is like, why is yeah. everybody terrible here? The lead characters I do find more compelling and interesting and right. I'm willing to spend time with them, especially once the series gets going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the other thing I think that's really noteworthy about the show, and this kind of goes into like, we're kind of breaking away from the ideas of like high fantasy, mid fantasy, etc. Most of the fantasy tropes that we know and the stories we know, at least, you know, growing up in, in the United States or other parts of the, you know, English-speaking world, are very, like, British, you know, kind of fairy tale mm -hmm. type things. And, like, yeah. this, is the, this is based on a series of novels that were written originally in Polish yeah. by a Polish author. And a lot of the fantasy tropes come from Eastern European, often specifically Polish, but just from that whole part of the world, you know? Yeah. Like a striga, you know, or some of the other um, mythological beasts that appear aren't ones we're used to. And I, I just thought that was also really cool. Like, just seeing a very different... Like, it's not just Britain that had, like, you know, ages where mythology was, you know, coming up with and, and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that for sure. English, but... No, I mean, like, there's a, a lot of... Tolkien borrows from, I think, a lot of, like, Finnish mythology and stuff. Mm -hmm, and, I mean, a lot of fairy tales are... I mean, that we know of are, like, German in origin. Yeah. Right? Right. With the, the Grimm's. Um, and then there's the Baba Yagas of it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, it does it does have more of a sort of Eastern European feel than like a, you know, like Anglo feel. Right. At the same time, here's another like fantasy pet peeve, everybody's speaking British all the time because like <laughs> apparently in the days of yore, that's just like the accent or those are the accents that everybody 
has in people's heads, even though nobody actually spoke like that. People spoke Old English or obviously like Polish <laughs> in Poland right. or Old Polish or whatever. I, I mean, not, not even to mention, like, <clears throat> this story takes place over a continent. Or True. at least, like, the coastal area of a continent that is, like, thousands of miles, at least a thousand miles or yeah. so. Yeah. And there are numerous different nations with mm-hmm. their own ki- kings, yet they all seem to speak the same language. Yeah. Right. That's um, just keeping it simple. It's just convenient. <laughs> they all speak the common tongue. That's uh, that's very yeah. D&D. But I, I agree. I agree. Like, uh-huh. it's a little... Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, so let's start talking about the world. Um, how would you describe, like, the world of The Witcher? Oh. In terms of, like, the world this show takes place in. Uh, I mean, it feels very kind of Black Forest to me a lot of the time. It, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're in wooded areas, like, there's dark crevices everywhere. Um, it, it feels, I mean, it feels a little like Ravenloft to me, I think. Yeah. You know, where it's <laughs> like, it's, it's, um, you know, it's sort of like a dark past, um, mm-hmm. it's not, there are big castles, but you know, the towns are these very small little kind of more villagey things. Right. Um, the witch's temple place was cool. They did have some really big structures. Yeah. I can't remember what yeah. it was called. I just want to call it all Themyscira and I know that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, by the way, um, none of the three of us are the sort to be incredibly good at memorizing names, especially, uh, that are not. Uh, that are mostly not in English, uh, or at least not like easy to roll with mine. Paul is very good. Paul just doesn't care. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the point being, we will try to make sure you understand all the things that are happening, and we're also going to put up links to. There's some great, like there's world maps for this. Um, we'll sometimes be like, oh yeah, the places the witches are from. If that's the kind of thing you're looking for, like again, we'll provide the resources for you, but. Please hold off on the if, if we pronounce the Polish name a little bit wrong or get the. Uh, uh, yeah. There's a Wikipedia page you can look shit up. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry Wikipedia about page it. you can look shit up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, spare us the angry emails about that is my only point. Uh, or Twitters. Uh, or anything really. Carrier pigeon. If you send an angry carrier pigeon, I I will I will listen to that message. I'll That's kill all. it. I'll be mad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Aratuza? Is that where you were talking about? Aratuza. See, Themyscira, same, yeah. Yeah. same thing. <laughs> Let's start with kind of what what's out there besides humans. Uh, because mm. one thing I think I really like about the show is that there are all of these creatures that the people of the world call monsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're kind of introduced to the idea that like some of them are more magical, perhaps, but they're not evil. They're often just like, you know... In the D and D sense, like they're they're neutral, like they right. are they're hungry, and like if yeah. people come near them, they might attack or they might have defend their territory. Yeah. Um, and people are afraid of them. And right from the first episode, though, there's some great conversations about like you know who are the real you know that, that sometimes the worst monsters to fight are humans, or that the the there's a lot of discussion about what does it mean to be a monster and to be perceived by a monster. And that was one thing I really loved about the the world the show builds. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's the humans or colonizers, yeah. who, right? You know, basically <laughs> push cases, yeah. the elves to the edges of the world. Um, there, there are, I guess, what is it like megafauna who are basically mm-hmm. just large, hungry animals that eat humans. So, like, you have your witchers to kill them to basically, <laughs> which you know doesn't seem totally insane. It's like, yeah, okay, if there's big 
animals that want to eat you. Like, you have to find a way to not get eaten. Maybe right. you could have some enchant creature kind of stuff going on, and the mages <laughs> could not be the worst humans, but, like, they are. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody's just so awful. And, like, what, the people are in charge because they were the most brutal of everyone who got there, and they were just like, we're here now? Was that, that was kind of like what they're saying? I think that's they just killed how it all works. the elves. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it's like the people. It's never the humans. Right, right. It's always like a stronger. But yeah, the elves. Right. Uh, the elves seem pretty weak in this. Yeah, el- it's a very different portrayal of elves. And yeah, I, it makes me again want to wonder. Like, because I know that the the ethereal, magical, never answer questions directly, always be these uh, you know creatures of of unimaginable, ununderstandable beauty. Like that's a very Tolkien kind of idea. And, and yeah, elves are going to be different in different parts of the world. I don't know if this vision of elves is more um, British, but is more Polish, I mean, specifically. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it's one of the, it's a part of the story that I kind of wish they spent a lot more time on. Yeah. Because they're, they're basically, yeah, they're, they're a colonized people who have been driven off of their land. And yet the story is that they're, you know, it's very much like, you know, 1800s, 1800s the West, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, those horrible Indians, we have to hunt them down because they're attacking us when... The reality we clearly see is very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. They stole their magic? I'm trying to remember. It's so much information. The mages uh, use the elven magic, right? Right. And yeah, they're I, like, this is ours now, too. I don't <laughs> think it's made clear. I think it's referenced. But it's okay. it's certainly not gone into with any right. depth. Like, the, the second episode, right, is where you actually um, encounter some elves, I think. Right, mm-hmm. and I felt like the kind of practical makeup sort of was a little bit. That was where, like, the first episode I liked until I hated it, and then the okay. second episode I was like, whatever, I'll just watch this because I'm playing at base poker all day, so I can just have this on. <laughs> and like, I I actually liked the story in the second one a lot more, but like some of the makeup was kind of like. Mm. I don't know. Like, I'm not quite buying it. I don't feel immersed in this world. I feel like I'm looking at actors with props on their faces. It looked like me getting ready for, like, D&D with my little ears, and that was it. Just just my little ears. Right, right, right. And then you had, like, goat head guy or deer head guy. Who's supposed to... Yeah, his was better. Yeah. But you're just looking at this guy the whole time because you're like, did they not have enough stuff to finish (laughs) this guy? (laughs) And I think that's one of the biggest challenges of fantasy, actually, in terms of like mainstream acceptance in a lot of ways mm-hmm. is it's like specifically elves is like <laughs> elf ears and like having other races besides humans right and having that just be accepted by the audience and not people feeling kind of like and i think star trek gets a little bit of that also with vulcans right mm-hmm. and with like the practical makeup from different species um whereas i think something like star wars Sure, you've got um, aliens who are, like, way out there in terms of, like, very different biology, very different look. But you don't have these, like, very similar to human but just slightly different um, right. species. And this, and I think Game of Thrones did the same where it's like, well, if you just make everybody humans, like, more people will be like, oh, okay, sure. You know, yeah. and not have – it's like this – I feel like it's a barrier to entry for some people. It's sort of a barrier barrier to, like, suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. And yeah. maybe that's one of the reasons we didn't stay with the elves that much in The Witcher. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe that's it wouldn't point. have been as broadly 
as well received as broadly as as it was. Actually, although yeah. I don't even really know how people reacted to it, I don't really care. But <laughs> I know it wasn't like Game of Thrones, but it also came out like just before the pandemic or something. So people did probably not as much water cooler. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, but I think it was quite popular. Like I remember okay, it being. Yeah. It, you know, I, with Netflix, it's hard to know because right, like, right. they never, never released numbers yeah. or anything. But but yeah, I I wonder. To me, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the way the elves looked. Like, I thought they looked like an interesting, different race. Mm-hmm. They definitely didn't look like what I expected of elves. Right. And kind of part of me wondered if maybe it would have been better if, like, they had used the Polish word for that. Or oh, for, like, sure. some different name. Because, yeah, and maybe that's not really fair that we just, like, always are going to, like, hear elf and think one particular mm-hmm. version of elves. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason why, like, the... the take a very different genre, but the Trolls movies were very confusing to me. And oh. I realized, oh, right, like... Norwegian myths about trolls are very different than, like, the ones we're used to. <laughs> right, right. Um, same with the trolls in the Frozen movies. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's a theme that I think, with the elves especially, but with a lot of them, I, I really like how we... And I, I'm excited to see how this will continue in the second movie. Like, that theme of what does it mean to be monstrous, you know? And mm-hmm. that is it just about, uh, like you know, surviving, even though you're ugly and, like, in the eyes of humans and stuff like that, or is it about, you know, something much deeper? I thought one of the most interesting stories was where uh, uh, the Witcher is called in, because it's an interesting storytelling genre, and that it's, like, half episodic, half um, an overarching story Mm -hmm. with a bunch of timeline playing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely get to. But I think one of my favorite kind of episodic moments was where he's called in to uh, go after Astriga. And mm. Astriga is kind of like, it, it's a woman that's been turned into a kind of like, you know, flesh-rending monster, raw, you know, uh, sharp teeth and claws and hard to kill. But what you learn is that Astriga isn't like just a creature that lives in the woods. Astriga is the result of a curse. And that in this case, it's because of like, there's a very complicated story involving incest and Ugh. jealousy and, <clears throat> you know, abuse of a young woman and just a number of horrible things that are all much more monstrous, but it's this poor young girl who's been turned into this, like, literal monster. Yeah. That's the thing everyone hates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that story was intense. That might have been my favorite episode. That was where I decided that I liked the series yeah. for a while until I disliked it again and then liked it again and whatever. But, like, I really did, like, that was one of my favorite stories as well. It cause, Because it, it is, like, I mean, I think Stregbor in the first episode, which, I, I are we going to get to kind of the episodes or what? Or I, I don't think we're going to do an episode. I mean, that's why I showed you the outline. You're going to switch episodes? I don't like, do know. Oh, yeah, yeah, like we go Oh, yeah, that. the outline. Oh, are we actually, yeah. we're following this thing? We're on episodes? Yeah, okay. we're, we're in the kind of the world of the things that go bump in the night. Okay, we so we're not over. actually, okay, okay. But so you, you anyway, know. some of the mages, I think, are horrible. At least, especially one of them in particular. Stregobor? Yes, I, I thought Stregobor. Okay, yeah. Is that um, the guy from the first episode? Stregobor, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With the naked garden, I was like, what the hell yeah, and like, is he happening sh- here? <laughs> like, I was just like, why didn't he just kill him? Like, just kill him. Just kill him. He's horrible. Yeah. He's the worst. <laughs> He's basically the worst in this series. There's some others who are tied for the worst. But, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, meanwhile, there are people who have gotten, like, literally turned into monsters, right? Into s- some being some creature that preys on humans and we don't really i think ever get to know what that experience was like it is mentioned mm-hmm. like 
yeah, if we, you know, this is all she's ever known, right? So, like, right. if she was born this way, like, um, we, so, you know, we don't know after she gets cured, if she gets cured, if she's going to just be like, oh, hey, you know? Right. Yeah, uh, she's a feral girl now. Right. So, so. Like, in, in the book, I, I think there's a, a, a hint of this in the, in the show, but definitely in the book, like, she turns back into a girl, and the mm-hmm. first thing she does is try to attack again. Because, again, that's all she knows. Right. There's a lot of, like, she's going to have to basically, like, redo her childhood in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah, as an already physically matured, to some extent, person. Right. right? Um, which I could imagine being difficult, you know, Very. I would just imagine. Um, but, yeah, that I, I feel like that theme um, really was well explored there. In the first mm-hmm. episode, it felt like they were kind of trying to explore that very, um, like, overtly, kind of, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I feel like it was much more successfully explored in the, in the third one. Right. I think they just rushed. You wanted me to care about that uh, Renslayer? No, that's Loki. Ren- Renfer. Renfer. Um, character and that she was going to be like a voice he hears in his head throughout the rest of the series but I really did not get like I didn't get that emotional impact right. mm. from what they tried to do so quickly I was like are, okay so you're in love now that's what I'm supposed to get yeah. from this right. like that and... well, so let's back up a second to uh, since we're talking now about mages so what oh. uh, just kind of help bring people up to speed so what what's the role of magic in, in this world that we're learning that we learn about it's a lot of different things are they very clear it's they have give and take magic and you know like you have to sacrifice something to take something else they have those flowers those hallucinogen flowers or whatever that is Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like did you guys maybe you can answer this one better i did not get a straight answer on what the magic was i felt like it was a tool of oppression because it was stolen from the elves right yeah it was basically the the equivalent of like gunpowder you know, um, I mean, it's the, you know, some people are disproportionately powerful. And then for some reason, they all serve like people who don't have that power, who get oh, wait, to it's run coming kingdoms. Back. It's coming Is back. It the elves had the magic oh. and the people we call it, or they call it chaos. And right. they have people have to control the chaos. If you have chaos in you, you're more magical right. than others. But you don't have to have chaos in you to become a mage. We find out later. Yeah, it, it's not. Well, and here's the thing. I, <laughs> I actually, I actually kind of like this, but I think it's a hard thing to get. Mm-hmm. My wow, that sounded incredibly pretentious. That's not how I meant it. I, my sense was that one of the things the show was doing was saying there's no such thing as a reliable narrator anywhere right. in the story. Okay, like everyone is telling you their version of uh, magic. So like, right. yeah, the head witch at um, what's the name of the the witch castle that we've mentioned with the A. One of you knew it before, 10, sec- ten minutes ago. It, it, I'm Aratruza. just going to say... Eratruza, yeah. thank you. Um, the mascara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she claims that, yeah, all of magic Aratruza. is about harnessing chaos and then, you know, martial- and then using it for, for your own ends. Mm-hmm. It seems, though, that, like, but there also there's this, like, all-male college of magic and that there's other colleges of magic and other people out there in the world who use magic. It's not really Oof. clear... But certainly the mages are a kind of, not a race unto themselves, but they're... they're Society, they're like this, right? Yeah, they're the superpowered people of the yeah. world. They're the secret society. So they're so much more powerful them. than the humans, but their choice is to serve the kings. To, I, they're the Bene Gesuits of, of this uh, 
Yeah, I think this it's very thing. good. I mean, they're just, they're like, we can do better and stay in more control if we're in control of them, you know, making them choose what we want and influencing them by being hot. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we're not just saying that's because the acting, like, they literally tell us that, like, when you fully become a mage, you become the perfect embodiment of your physical self, which mm-hmm. there's an issue with disability that I have huge issues with that mm-hmm. we're going to talk about at some point yeah. along this way. So, yeah, so I think it's 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 obviously a big part of the world. And in that first episode, our, our hero, uh, Geralt of Rivia, the, the Witcher, he basically gets caught in a conflict between two mages. And I think it's, you're right, I, I kind of wish he'd made another choice, but I thought what was important there is that you're introducing him and he's the person he doesn't want to make a choice. He doesn't want to say, mm-hmm. I think this mage is right and this is wrong. He just kind of doesn't want to get involved. And it's when when one of them, like, basically, like, you know, tries to kill the other, he wants to stop her, but then he, like, doesn't want the other one to now be able to study her body and stuff. And <laughs> it's, it's, it, it seems like... To me, what I got out of that first episode, at least, is, yeah, both these mages are kind of horrible. Stregobor is much, much worse. Right. And Stregobor, in many ways, created the awfulness of, of Renifer. I think Renfrey, <laughs> right? Renfrey? Ren- Renfrey, yeah, sure. Like, Let's just go with that. Uh, Renifer, Yennefer. Um, <laughs> Jared. But, but more, that's just about him wanting, him wanting to stay neutral in a way that he doesn't get to by the end of the story. Right. Right. Uh, from episode one, I'm like, oh, so you can't not get involved. Like, he's like, I don't want to get involved with any of this, but I have to stop you and I have to stop you. So to do that, I'm going to go to you and then come back to you. I'm going to sleep with you and then I'm going to figure. I was like, oh, so you really like to get involved. Okay. Yeah. White Knight Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't stop. And, and when we get to talking about the character, we'll definitely talk about that because there's a lot for him of like, you know, everyone else thinks that he's a monster and he has this he has his own code, which is sort of like, I think in some ways he's more a lot more honorable than everyone else, but also it's very different. And <laughs> So let's talk about the society of mages that we get introduced to, because clearly that's one that um, uh, uh, Paul, I think especially, uh, but all of us maybe, are not uh, thrilled with. But what, 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 what's the politics of mages in this world? Yeah, I think it's the worst. It's basically, <laughs> they're like, we're essentially a secret society, except we're openly, like we're not really secret. Right. But we are, we like send a mage out to every court, you know, to every kingdom, and then they sort of manipulate the person there. Um, yeah. And the, I mean, the mage college itself is completely abusive and dysfunctional and literally buys people. And so, mm-hmm. you know, slavery, not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, they're, I mean, they're just horrible, but like they're horrible in a way that for me, spending time with them is just joyless and uncomfortable Mm. (laughs) and beyond that though i'm like if these people are actually this horrible why don't they actually just go and run the world that's yeah exactly and and so it both is like unpleasant for me but it's also like it's unbelievable to me like if Mm. people i i don't really believe that people with that much power really do generally want to just sit back and whatever particularly when they go to the trouble of like making themselves like fantastically attractive and whatever it's like you could just run things you know you have magic i I I guess the sense that i got was well first of all i'll say i definitely think you're right they're mostly horrible people i think i find i really love that like i Mm -hmm. love not just that i love horrible people but i i like the power behind the throne. You know, I like right, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, like the, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think to me, and maybe I, I should mention the Sombras. Maybe I'm being too influenced by a white wolf, white wolf. darkness. Speaking, I, I to me the implication that I got was these individuals are all more powerful than any individual human, but 
there's also a much smaller number of them. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we see them, like a group of 60 of them basically gets their ass kicked by a much larger army. And yes, yeah, Magic is part of but it. Yeah. yeah, well, it becomes 22. It starts out as a larger number. Um, and, and, and my point being like, I, I, the implication I think I got is that like, if mages try to actually take over, like they're just so far outnumbered mm. that it wouldn't actually work. And so this is their like, this is their way of being like, no, humans, we're not, we're not taking over. We're, we're advising you. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And they're very much like, this is their way of, we want to guide things in the world. We want to have all the power. We want to tell ourselves that we're being benevolent. Clearly we're not. <laughs> but also they're not going to get their hands dirty. You know, that they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're set aside. So I guess that's to me how it becomes believable. Cool. Yeah. I, I still don't like <laughs> it, but I, I respect the, the perspective. That's fair. You know. Yeah, that's that was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, well, that's why I kind of like Yennefer, because she doesn't follow. She's like, I'm going to go do my own thing, because that's what I would do after I got all the powers. I'd right. be like, well, this was horrible. Bye. And yeah. I'm going out. Right. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed her story by and large, mm -hmm. um, just if we had spent a little less time on the kind of flowers in the attic sort of part of it. I, I would have, you know, it, I mean, it's, I felt like that was kind of drawn out, whereas the, um, the Renfrey story, as you're saying, Ashley was like kind of rushed through and, and that mm -hmm. was, you know, uh, listening to, uh, there are, for anybody who, who wants to kind of half watch bits of the episodes, there is this <laughs> series, I forget what it's called, but if you just search for The Witcher, it's like one of the things that shows up where they, it's like inside the episodes or something. Yeah. And um, it was very useful in terms of remembering what I'd watched like two years ago or whenever <laughs> this came out. But it was uh -huh. also like listening to the showrunner talk about the things. I think it can be illuminating and maybe that's some cu people's cup of tea. For me, it, it was kind of torturous. And <laughs> like listening to her literally talk about fridging Renfrey in the first episode. Like she literally, she used words that were something along the lines of, you know, Renfrey isn't here for her own reasons. She's there so we can see Geralt, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, this is like textbook. Like you have this female character who exists only to basically be like gazed upon and then like die to have some sort of influence on the main character. I'm like, no thanks. You know, no thanks. And I almost quit the series after that. But like I say, I was playing at base poker, so I was like, I'll just sit here and let the second episode run. And I was like, all right, this is a little better. I, I, I was definitely a lot happier not knowing uh, that, to be sure. And I, um, listeners, it's entirely possible that by the end of this episode, Paul will have convinced Ashley and I not to watch season two, and you'll need new hosts. Like I, I don't said, think that's gonna happen. I love I trash. I'm just there yeah. for the outfits, honestly. Mm -hmm. By the end that's of the next fair. one, that's the fair. outfits They're are awesome. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. Everyone's beautiful. The outfits are fun. outstanding, I will say. Yeah, Yennefer's uh, dresses. Oh, my God. Now, but what do you mean when you said the, the flowers in the attic aspect of it? Oh, I mean, like, basically, there are these kids who are trapped in, in a, a circumstance that they don't have the power to escape from. They have no agency. They're hidden away, basically, until, you know, it's different. I mean, now, th then they are turned into... Um, well, some of them are turned into mages. Others are turned into battery fish. Was that what that was? Eels. I was like, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they don't kill the, off the ones that they don't think are useful enough. They basically imprison them for life in a zoo um, and draw upon their energy, <laughs> which, you know, bonus horrible points. 
They so. were also ha- Jennifer. They were also happy about it in that scene. Like when what's her face, come, her mother figure comes in and she just turns and smiles after she put the fish pushed it in. I was like, right. I didn't think that at all. That you just blew my mind. Oh yeah, yeah, it went yeah that, right over my head. That was maybe the most horrible thing in the series. I thought. I think I just in didn't terms care. Of like something <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but in terms <laughs> were, of like something horrible done like, to a person, are they fish now. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think I think Good a point. lot of all and. So just just kind of like um, I can remind folks or, or, or catch people up. So the the story that we get is that at first we just get Yennefer's story and that and we get into her character a lot definitely. Um, but that the, the role these mages play is that like basically they're, they're kind of like um, again a Game of Thrones thing. Uh, what's the what's the the role right. that the the eunuchs play the um, might the, the maesters maesters oh the maesters or ma- Mace. maesters. Yeah, like that. Yeah. You're, 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 you're trained to be, uh, uh, you know, an advisor, right, a, right. a court counselor, conciliary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's this whole like interesting, uh, or to some of us interesting, um, <laughs> political thing that happens in terms of trying to figure out like who's going to go where. Right, right. And that sort of one of the main storylines is that Yennefer was supposed to be sent to this place called Nilfgaard. She wasn't. Instead, Nilfgaard got uh, Fragilla, who is thought to have either, like, for whatever her reasons are, instead of, like, camping down when religious zealotry starts to emerge, she's like, no, cool, religious zealotry, let's, let's all for it. Right. And they become the religious zealots who are then, by the end of the story, trying to take, take over everything. And it was Stregobor and, who wanted to, like, send Yennefer off to Nilfgaard, right? And, like, nobody wanted well, to go to Nilfgaard or something? No, that's or when no, Yennefer but, was like, uh, they told her she wasn't allowed to become a hot right, witch. Right, right, so, right. So uh, Frangilla was supposed to go with the nice, or the, the like, bro prince or bro king that was at that dance i'm sorry for the way i'm explaining this but you know the, the guy in the white with the cape yeah, and right. frangilla was supposed to go with him and she was supposed to go to nelfgar because she probably would have had more influence over them and been able to stop this or warn them from happening but mm-hmm. she comes in as super hot witch and takes him from frangilla so oh, frangilla okay. has is pissed about that right. so she goes there and then that's why frangilla does what she does yeah right and, and the stregobor connection is she is herself part elf right which we find out because uh, she's having, uh, she's kind of having the secret love with another mage, who, but she's spying on him and he's spying on her. For mm-hmm. he's spying for Stregobor, she's yeah. spying for Head Witch Lady. Uh, I'm gonna call her Cersei of the Witches. Um, <laughs> but uh, and, and yeah, I think the idea is, is like she was, she was supposed to go to this really to nice see. kingdom up north, but they to, to Sintra, they hate witches and so they hate elves. So when it's revealed she's elvish, she can't go. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, plot plot plot. That we're right right to. right. Um, but I think that's kind of the idea, and that, and that the the main sort of plot of one of the storylines towards the end of the show is that they've realized Nilfgaard is coming close to taking over the continent. All the a, a lot of the mages want to band together to fight them, and Yennefer is part of that. And Yennefer joins in that fight kind of reluctantly, and then there's some great. We'll talk about her storyline entirely, and then kind of. Goes absolutely, uh, you know, dark phoenix. Goes quite literally dark... scorched earth. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, which is interesting because until then we'd see like there's this idea that using a, some kind of magic is gonna like use up your own life energy, and we see people doing like forbidden fire magic, but we don't mm-hmm. see that with Yennefer. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, anything else about kind of like the mages and the role they play in the world that uh, is important kind of know going in? I think we covered it. Yeah. 
Yeah, just that idea of, like, magic, like, you can't create anything out of thin air. It always takes something from somewhere else, basically. Uh-huh. So, like, to create, you have to kill, kind of. Yeah. Right. Which is, I don't know, I guess it's a it's a way to do magic. Yeah. They don't seem to hold to that at all. Like, right. They're, they're, and it's weird, because I know this has been a video game for a long time. And yeah, like, yeah. in a video game, you have to have very precise rules of, like, how magic works. The books, probably not so much. Might, and in yeah. the TV show, it does seem not so much. Right, they kind of play fast. <laughs> and so. I feel like in a video game, a lot of times, like, you just, you have a certain amount of, like, mana or whatever, and it <laughs> returns however it does. And, you know, right. you have spells and you cast them and they work or they don't work or, I don't know. I Ashley, you can give some light on the video games, right? I watched my friend play all of, my roommate play all of the second one. Um, so I don't know. All it heard to me was like, click, 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 click. Okay. But he, he, so. what, he finds everything. He's like one of those annoying people to watch play mm. because every little nook and corner and cranny and every little thing he can connect, collect, he's like really yeah. into that, you know, well, yeah, goods you, for you sale. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. So it could have been any one of those things. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. But mana sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah. And, and so for the politics of this world, um, as you said, it, it's broken down into a lot of different kingdoms, and we don't learn too much about it, but but the, the main kingdom we spend a lot of time with is the kingdom of Sintra. Right. Where um, Queen Geralt has visited a couple times. They are, uh, they haven't wanted to have much to do with the mages, and that's kind of part of the question here is, like, should the mages help them or not? Um, and Nilfgaard has been this kind of, like, backwater kingdom. They get very insulted by everyone else throughout the story. And now, I guess, Nilfgaard has... They're basically religious fanatics, right? They, they they all worship this thing called the White Flame. They all think they can die in battle because they'll be saved. And they just need to conquer the world. Yep. Yeah, not the best. Not the <laughs> yeah, best. that's not the most original, but, you know. I mean, humans have already kind of um, done that, right? But then the... Nilfgaard wants to do it under like one banner kind of and right. for yeah, a religious you know motive um you know and in theory they want to free the mages because they they don't want mages to be forbidden in what kind of magic they can use but freedom also involves like indentured servitude which involves killing yourself to cast the spells they need for battle yeah that was messed up I wouldn't have done that I saw a couple of them do that <laughs> throughout the thing I'm like what, what are you doing what are you doing, girl? Don't do that. You just saw what happened. I would have run. Like, no. That's yeah, yeah, they seem... Yeah, it, yeah, they're horrible. That they, Like, are they worse than the mages? I don't know. They're a different horrible. <laughs> like, teetsy, they, teetsy, yeah, little bit. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It depends on where killing the, children falls. Like, I, oh, I know they both do that, too. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have no real rooting interest in that struggle. You know? Like, because yeah, it's just cares. like... Well, you're all all horrible. Maybe mm-hmm. wipe each other out, exactly. and then you know, the 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 megaphonic. Well, they'll probably starve if they don't have a lot of humans to eat. But you know, yeah. I mean, I think we're supposed. Sintra is presented more as the good guy, at least the victims in that fight. But certainly, the rulership of Sintra is pretty garbage as well. Right. I mean, because that's where the the grandmother of um, Cleanthe. Right, so so it's just my friend, my Greek friend's name. That's why I absolutely remember that. Because I'm right. like, what's up? He, he, I'm like Queen Cleanthe. Yes, I shame him. He's like, shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can cut that, but that was it. Makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they're like, I mean, they have this history, I think, right, of 
being really horrible in order to gain their power and retain their power right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Nilfgaard attacking them is kind of like, whatever. Like, but at the same time, it's it's like, it's like if the Empire went and like invaded another empire in Star Wars. You know, it's like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. You know? You're both and garbage. That's kind of human history, but in terms of rooting interest, I do kind of actually have a rooting interest in this, which is not in terms of this big battle, one side or the other, but like the people trapped in the middle. Yeah. And I do feel like this series does a good job of having characters who are kind of trapped in the middle maybe some of them are on one side or another or one of them i don't know yennefer like i care what happens to her but i i feel like um the it is these big you know pretty evil organizations that then there are a lot of people who while a lot of people in the world are are horrible there there are some people who are at least trying to kind of be decent and Mm -hmm. who are at least interesting enough for me to care about um that like i would watch season two i think um, and, you know, it's like they do try and do the thing of like, well, Nilfgaard's even worse than, um, Sintra, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but they're, they're all horrible, but it's like, it's the yeah. big organizations that are horrible. And so there are individuals who it's like, you can root right. for, you know. Like, that, that's kind of what I was going to say is that what we basically get told, it, we see the Nilfgaard military yeah. and then we see the civilians of Sintra. And mm, so, like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely on the side of the civilians of Sintra who are getting right. murdered and slaughtered. Yeah, sure. But, like, yeah. I don't know if, like, the people of Nilfgaard are just as bad off. You know, like, yeah, right. it's the... And I think that's actually a real theme of it is with The Witcher being the prime example, this story is about the people who are caught between these, you know, huge, powerful things and they're just trying to, like, find their own way. Yeah, in that way, I guess that's where I personally would prefer it to something like Game of Thrones, where I felt like Game of Thrones was just all about royals mm-hmm. and their battles with one another. And here I feel like we get much more of the picture of the people who aren't in power, who are trapped right. in the middle. They have powers. Well, it's called Game of I Thrones. I know. I should have known from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But I saw Sean Bean. I was like, oh, Sean Bean's in it. How bad could it be? You should have known. Yeah. What is he surviving? Sharps. Sharps rifles. Literally the first bloody thing I ever saw him in. Nice. Nice. He gets one. There's got to be one. It's a long ass series. And like everybody else dies in it. So, you know, it's like the opposite. So I think we're going to make this episode one. This is kind of like the introduction to the world. And then next episode, we're going to talk a lot more about the individual storylines and the characters. Because I do think that's where the story, for me at least, really shines. Although I do love mm-hmm. the politics and the, you know, I, I, I was just eating that up this whole time mm-hmm. now that I knew kind of what was happening. <laughs> Sintra and Nilfgaard and all, like, I love that in a lot of Gerald's stories, like, he just goes to these different kingdoms. It's not the, I only go to the places that matter for the story. There's a lot of like, oh yeah, I went to this other place, you know, I went yeah. to this other place. And, mm-hmm. and we'll talk more about this with his story, but um, you, you get the sense of like where... Why, you know, why people call him the Butcher of Blaviken, which is the, like, the place he went to at the beginning. And, oh, right. Um, Blaviken. Like, great things like that. Okay. But, yeah, Ashley, He's Gerald from... Rivia. The... Rivia. Geralt of Rivia, right? Geralt of Rivia. RG. Yennefer of Vandalbarf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Tem- Themyscira. Dude, I'm so ready for episode yeah, two. Yeah, there we go. What were you going to ask me? Oh, I was going to say, like, is there any other <laughs> stuff about, like, kind of the world building and, like, the overall... Uh, feel of the show that you that you wanted to talk about that, that you, either you like or you don't like or whatever 
Uh, no, that's stuff I kind of mentally check out on, which is why, like, watching it a third time, I got a little bit more of what was going on between and, like, the whys. But I remember the first time watching this, and, like, if I just kind of breezed over it. I was like, ugh, yeah. okay, what are we going to get back to the uh, the magic and stuff? Because, I mean, it, that stuff's just not really yeah, for me. That's, that's why I like the show, because it kind of has a little bit for everybody. Yeah. What I meant more generally, because, like, for me, another thing that I would just say that I really love about the show is, and this is... This is Game of Thrones, but it feels more real than Game because Game of Thrones went so far. It feels like these are adults doing adult things, you know, and like sexuality is an important part of the story. In a lot, of, like both, like I mean, there's a lot of eye candy and a lot of HBO ness, mm-hmm. uh, but also just like you know, it, it, it becomes an interesting part of the story. And like, uh, he will never be able to do this as Superman, but um, God, I can't remember uh, Henry. He'll never be able to do this as Superman, but Henry Cavill's ability to look at something terrible that just happened and just say, fuck, is absolutely one of my favorite parts of the show. Like, it, it just so... Oh, really? Oh, it oh. captures so much the character to me in ways that are like... We feel like people in fantasy stories are not supposed to, to talk like that, and I just love seeing it. That's not... that. I thought that his delivery every time with the F word was terrible, and I like cursing in everything, and mm, I think it works sometimes. Fair. But, like, when they get to the orgy, and he's like what the fuck i'm just like they you didn't it just felt forced and it felt like they wanted it to be there just to have it like i it's in the video game yeah. he curses all the time but uh i don't know it just i i don't know if it's his fault for playing superman it just doesn't sound right coming out of his mouth like some of the ways i fair. don't know fair. i don't know okay and i love a good fuck i mean you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean i like to use that the use word. of the word and yeah, the use yeah, of yeah. the plot Shit. element and the use of and used properly but yeah it made me cringe a couple times that's fair that's fair and I'm a pro fuck. I'm just there was a point which someone said that they a character had gone off the grid, and I sort of raised an eyebrow like I think that's an anachronistic term. I don't know what grid would exist in this time, but you know, <laughs> hey, there's a one thing to have fun with. So, all right, any other last thoughts on uh, um just everything about like the the general tone of the show, the feel of the show, the what we like about it, what we don't like about it. I I just want to respond to what what you were saying about the sort of Geralt, like, traveling through different kingdoms and going mm-hmm. from place to place. I really enjoy that wanderer aspect. Yeah. And, um, you know, if the show hadn't been more just that, I think I just would have enjoyed it more instead of getting kind of anchored in some of these places that have really toxic right. power structures. Questing. We love questing. in some ways so much of this first season is backstory. <laughs> like, yes. it, it just felt yeah, like yeah, you yeah. were really... There are three characters, and and they part of why the first season is confusing. We'll talk a lot about this oh. in the next episode. But you basically have three <laughs> different characters whose stories occur over very different timelines. Like yeah. for one, it's a couple of weeks. For one, it's maybe thirty years. For one, it's a much longer time. I think Jennifer's ninety yeah. years. Yeah, it's 90 she was years, the longest, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then they're like, "We're not going to tell this in any kind of order. Good luck, guys." Right. Um, Follow along. I would personally really like to see more shows just give each character a show and then have yeah. the main show where you see all the characters together as yeah. opposed to so many shows that do this kind of intercutting of a bunch of stories. It just personally, I, I, I don't like it as much. I don't necessarily want to watch all of the characters' stories all the time. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll say one of my favorite versions that you might enjoy very different genre, not something I think we're going to get into on PandaVision, certainly not the three of us, uh, but the show Dear White People. Because what it will often do is mm. the first episode will be about, like, what happened. Right. And then each episode will follow a specific character with their 
what they were doing before what happened, their perspective on what happened, and then what they were doing after what happened. Um, it's a really interesting okay. storytelling motif mm -hmm. where, like, some of the same footage is used again and again, right. but you know so much more about each character, where they're coming from, and then, then and there's, like, generally, like, three big things that will happen over the course of the season. Right. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. Anyway, well, thank you both so much for being a part of this. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, season two, depending on which one of us still wants to do season two by the end. Uh, <clears throat> uh, fans, let us know what you think. Like, I def I'm excited for it. Uh, Ashley's excited for it. Um, you know, fans, let us know uh, what you're thinking. You can always find me at theethicalpanda.com. Uh, Paul's like, bah, like bah, Paul bah. might watch it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see. Um, PandaVision, what, what's the feedback for PandaVision? Do you remember? I should know this. What do you mean, an email? Yeah, like how do people give feedback for PandaVision? Okay, uh, send it to mcucast at gmail.com because uh, that <laughs> way Matt, Matt Carroll will know if like all of you hate this and will throw us off. No, he won't. I check okay. it. It's, that's perfect, my bad. Perfect. I keep that under lock. Okay, okay. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll hear all your feedback, but we'll also, this is, the cat is away and the mice are having a lot of fun. Um, so I have no idea what I'm saying. Anyway, Paul. Matt hasn't done PandaVision and God, I don't know. Yeah, Paul, what are you up to these days that people can check out? Yeah, doing a lot of YouTube and um, and Twitch and whatnot. I'm Zen Madman on Twitch and Twitter, and uh, I don't constantly rant about all the things I hate. Uh, I no, mostly talk about that's a lie. Hands. No, on stream and on Twitter. <laughs> okay. No, here's the thing. Actually, oh, in real life, of course. At the end, you kind of start to. The only <laughs> yeah. thing Paul hates is things that have to involve other people. As long as it's only his right. stuff, he loves right. it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, for myself, uh, I am the Ethical Panda. Uh, I produce content under uh, at theethicalpanda.com uh, for the Superhero Ethics Podcast and the Star Wars Universe Podcast, on which both Paul and Ashley are frequent guests. Uh, I'll definitely be having um, Ashley on for episode-by-episode episode coverage of The Book of Boba Fett, which is coming up soon. Paul will almost certainly tell me that he doesn't think he can do it, and if the first episode is good enough, he will absolutely wind up being on every episode, <laughs> unless... There's I mean, the animals that are harmed in episodes. It's our it's Robert Rodriguez, Star Wars so there's a good chance. That yeah, all <laughs> there, there, there's a good chance. Uh, but Ashley, where, where else can people find you? Well, since we're going by our panda names, I'm the trash panda? No, you're the, you're no, the panda. I, panda. <laughs> I thought you were the very first panda. I, you, I you have, have so many. many. I am the Khaleesi of the stranded panda. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am doing uh, Matt... Carol and I from the MCU cast just did an interview with a actor who is in a show on, or a movie on Netflix called Occupation Rainfall. Um, it was really cool. We're going to release Occupation and Occupation Rainfall. They're two different movies, you know, obviously uh, one and two. And there's going to be a three coming out uh, on Bingers Assembled. Uh, and then the interview there within the next couple weeks. So definitely check that out. The interview is great. Zach is awesome. He's from Australia. Ladies. The voice. Not just ladies. Uh, it was, thank you. It was yeah. fun. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it's uh, and uh, definitely worth checking all that stuff out. Um, uh, and and uh, we'll have more content on The Witcher coming soon, and hopefully more on season two. So uh, please check that check back and all that. Check out all the great things that Paul and Ashley are doing. Check out some of my stuff, and most importantly, have a great day. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Pandavision. We are a member of the Stranded Panda Network. For all of our podcasts and other creative geeky projects, check out strandedpanda.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.